five, four, three, two, fun. Welcome to another bonus episode of the Ready, Set, Pwn podcast, your premier podcast for Toronto Defiant and the Vancouver Titans. I am Chris at Lightforce, joined virtually once again by Jordan Etzer, Dr. JM, Omni at Omni Strife. Uh, doesn't look like he'll be able to tap in tonight, though our hope is he'll be available over the course of the weekend. We're back to bring you more, you know, well-thought-out analysis of both the Vancouver Titans and Toronto Defiant in day two of the summer showdown, at least in Toronto, as both teams were in action. We also have a phenomenal guest going to join us shortly. Um, you've heard her on the stream. You may have heard her if you happen to be attending the event. But uh, Canada's own Lemon Kiwi is going to be joining us a little bit later on. And our uh, hope is she'll be able to give us a little insight uh, on both the Vancouver Titans and uh, and the Toronto Defiant, uh, as well as obviously uh, the event itself. But uh, Jordan, uh, what's new? I haven't talked to you in oh, like yeah, forever. I know. It seems like it's been so long since I saw you. Not like I've been hopping in and out of calls with you all day, but... Uh been enjoying the the <laughs> weekend or well almost the weekend's events um looks like a lot of fun out there Def- definitely more and more jealous that i'm not out there myself yeah i know it's it, it, it's nice that the toronto defiant have allowed for those of us who are virtual like you and i to to be part of the press conferences that are happening post match um i think i mentioned this last night but essentially the the winning team sends two players who we can ask questions of and they they provide answers um if you're hisu <laughs> you provide one of the most detailed answers that you can possibly provide uh and uh stella then gets to translate and it does an admirable job but boy oh boy uh is uh, his answer which one of which you'll hear a little bit later on in the show uh uh pretty solid one but it's it's cool that we're there by extension but at the end of the day oh i'd love to have been there when uh spoiler alert toronto beats the washington justice because why not go and prove you and i completely yeah, wrong I, I mean as you know i went off the rails with my predictions this uh this tournament and it has exceeded even my wildest predictions uh in a lot of ways mm-hmm. so. but uh yeah imagine if if we were there to experience mm-hmm. the energy like just you know we'll talk more about it in, in, in a short moment but it's it's just a shame that uh, we weren't able to make it work what we have been able to make work though was uh, making sure we catch all of the overwatch league action at least here in uh, the west uh, we'll touch on what has happening out east and all that jazz, but uh, why don't we start pushing this payload? Moving the payload! Join me! So yes, the uh, winner's bracket still had a couple of matches to play before the Vancouver Titans themselves got underway in the uh, the loser's bracket. Uh, we're going to fast forward, though, because at the end of the day, you listen to us because you want to hear all about the Titans and Defiant, and the Titans were the first of the two Canadian teams. If you happen to listen to our episode yesterday, last night, or possibly today, because who knows when you're actually listening to all of these, Jordan and I had some confidence that Vancouver had actually paired up to a Florida team that was beatable. And we thought, hey, imagine if this team gets some confidence. Like we had Kaluge on the on the show with some comments that Vancouver just had some nerves. And if they iron those out, this is a top four team. And uh, we were very confident that they could potentially, you know, 3-0 Florida or potentially 3-1. So the fact that the Florida Mayhem got the 3-0 
for themselves. What the heck happened? Yeah. What, what happened is the, is the question. Um, I don't know if it was, uh, uh, Florida outperforming expectations, Vancouver underperforming expectations, um, or, you know, the stars aligning, but, uh, Florida played well, Vancouver, not so much. I mean, yeah, it's, that's it. Let's Sounds move good. on to the define at this point. Cause that's, that's, that's functionally yeah. what happened. Like the Vancouver Titans picked all three maps. So the, the top seed picks the first map and then the Titans of all the maps that they could pick chose Lejong tower, which I don't know if I have seen them perform extremely well on, but you know, regardless, you, you pick a map that you you're comfortable on and, you know, if there's a, an area of that map that I always have concerns, it's about market and what is the round one, you know, pick in Lijiang market. Florida comes out aggressive and not only do they come out aggressive, they come out playing full on meta. No Anna's in. We're getting Lucio Brig, which I think caught many people by surprise, but Hey, Vancouver top four team. They know this meta Scrimbucks have been telling us the entire stage so to see the Florida man not only come out aggressively, but get that first team fight, get that first point capture, and then proceed to frustrate the Titans, you know, it's almost as if that first map on market almost shook the Titans. It gave them a look they weren't prepared for and, and took them off their game. Um, uh, I don't know if it's any one thing that, that really went wrong, but what we were seeing from the Titans was like almost a a passive approach. Yeah, it seemed like uh, a little bit like there was some, I, you know, like you say, I don't even want to call it hesitation. Um, I don't want to say that I was going to say there was some hesitation on King's part. I don't think that was the case. I think it was more of a almost collective effort to rein things in a little bit and play a little tighter. Mm-hmm. But I think because of that, because they seemingly eliminated a lot of the risk it seemed like that's kind of where they faltered they just took out that aggression that is kind of where they were succeeding in the past yeah well and you know it that might have been the strategy but get into then garden and florida rolls out with Farah, <laughs> which I mean, I get that you maybe use the Farah in the context of you get those early boops or you get that mm-hmm. disruption. It didn't work out. And it was, you know, a quick chip to over to, uh, um, I think it was yeah. the Sojourn. I think Checkmate it was already uh, locked in. But the point being is that the Vancouver Titans got that advantage. And having got that advantage with that weird Farah mm-hmm. pick in the, the early going, the Titans ultimately then had economy in their favor and did relatively well. But get into a tower uh, control center, sorry, back to the, the same old the Vancouver Titans are again in this sort of passive state, Florida just brings the pressure straight up. Like, you know, as, as is with most fights, you go through those doors and into that small little control room. It felt like Florida was already in the control room before the Vancouver Titans arrived. And they were like, Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. you're here. And from there, again, the Vancouver Titans were playing on this this back foot. Um, I mean, ultimately, everything that could possibly go wrong for the Titans on Li Jiang did. And if that didn't serve as a wake up call, you know, maybe that maybe things were over at that point. Because you know, having lost on on Li Jiang, 
the Titans now get to pick the next map and they got to pick a, a, a hybrid map. Mm-hmm. Jordan, which hybrid map would you think the Vancouver Titans would choose? Uh-huh. Um, am I correct in saying they seemed to perform fairly well on Hollywood just yesterday against the shock? Mid- Midtown. Uh, Midtown? Yeah, that's right. Um, and, uh, oh yes, that's where they completely dominated the shock. And we had even, mm-hmm. I believe it was you that, that said they looked more shock than the shock looked themselves in that match. So you might think yeah. they would pick that map, but, uh, no, they did not. They picked Parisio. Yeah. And, and this is what's weird is that like, when we think about hybrid, um, Parisio is not the one that I would say, oh, this is a Vancouver Titans map. Like this is like I, I, and it could be that oh we're gonna pick a map that we don't think Florida right. is all that good on. I mean that that may have been feeding into it, but what surprised me is that the Vancouver Titans not only pick Parizo, they also go on attack. And who is it that we see the best Sojourn player uh, aspire run out of spawn with? Well, the widow, <laughs> then Ash, and you know, Chris. Don't get on your Ash over Sojourn, you know, horse here because the Vancouver Titans arguably did well with uh, with an Ash on attack throughout. But you had Florida playing the standard meta like this wasn't a mirror. And what we were actually, you know, seeing uh, Hydron do was delete Titans, especially when they got into the club. Yeah, Hydron, Hydron looked, I mean, just he was abusing them in this match. Um, I think even in the replay, they showed some of the, some of the tracking moments where he was able to just follow a player as they're kind of hopping around. And Oh my God, he was, he was doing extremely well, um, extremely oppressive against uh, the Vancouver Titans. And you know, King wasn't necessarily in Hydron's face all that much, or when he got there, um, I think it was uh, RuPaul, yeah. I think was on the, on the brig. I mean, it would literally brig was on King. And so King was then either in a weird spot of getting, you know, uh, whittled down to dead or alternatively had to bail real quick. And in the retreat mm-hmm. got dead. Like it was, you know, losing King that early in the fight then shifts how much damage the Vancouver Titans are going to continue to yeah. be able to sustain. And in something that seemed like a shift, we actually saw mirror survive, much more than we had maybe against the shock. And in some cases, some of the Vancouver Titans poor matches, but they were losing King. And then they were also losing like Masa and Aztec um, frequently. And as sort of this match went on, the Hydron versus Aspire duel was clearly going the, the way of Hydron. Like, you know, Vancouver Titans, they got the payload all the way through. They were relatively dumb. They got the first point relatively easy. Um, they didn't really get slowed down all that much going into the club. The clubs where the slowdown started to occur, but again, the Vancouver Titans were doing well, but on defense, when Aspire had Ash on the first point, oh, okay, fine. I understand why you continue to remain with your Ash here, but he stuck with Ash on defense throughout. And it was very clear that he was losing the one V one battle with Hydron. Like Hydron was able to go and delete one to two players in amount of time. It would take Aspire to, to get one. And the problem is with the Ash is, Ash was only able to really provide that value with, uh, you know, a dynamite tick and a click on the head. And he just wasn't able to get, you know, Florida to play, you know, that well together. And on top of that, I mean, checkmate was an aspires kitchen the entire mm-hmm. night. Yeah. It was, it was actually really interesting when we, uh, when we talked to lemon Kiwi, cause she kind of 
in a lot of ways talked about about the ash versus sojourn pick um and mm-hmm. the, the thing that she highlighted at one point was that you typically see ash because there's a more consistent damage um it's you know the same damage every click kind of thing whereas sojourn given the rate of fire and everything and the spread is a little less uh consistent now obviously you know two different style of guns um and it really does feel like um that's probably the answer as to the big question that I had had previously of why do we see so many people going for that ash over sojourn? Because mm-hmm. I've obviously expressed that I think the sojourn pick is usually the better pick. Obviously I've been proven wrong from time to time, but in this case, Hydron was making it work. Um, and you also hit on another point that I think mirror was maybe the only one that was actually impressing me. Um, you know, he had some decent survivability. Maybe the team just wasn't wasn't focusing on him as much, and they were uh, trying to get those picks on either the backline or King, um, like you say, or King and then the backline. Um, but yeah, it was it was um, overall. I mean, this was the best map probably for both teams realistically. Well, but well, I, I would say the best map, maybe not both teams. I actually think the next map. Oh, sure. Yeah. Okay. Florida. Fair Florida enough. shined, but. But, you know, the Vancouver Titans go and set the tone and the Florida Mayhem are like, yeah, so you just called, by the way, here's how we answer. Um, And they, once they got that payload moving, I don't think Vancouver ever really stopped it. I mean, getting, once they were in a club, there was a couple times where Vancouver was able to sort of maybe keep the boat from completely rocking over. But what was interesting is on the Vancouver attack, Vancouver was playing with a level of confidence that simply was non-existent on defense. And Florida just took advantage of that. And again, it might have been nerves. It might have been that they mentally got boomed when Florida simply moved that payload as fast as they did. But when it went into to extra time here, yeah, Vancouver you know, had a struggle getting that point and then get the payload to advance. But the problem is they only got it just around mm-hmm. that first turn. And Florida was able to just take that first point with ease and had like two and a half minutes just to get around the corner. And instead of, you know, going very aggressive, which I honestly feel is the only way the Vancouver Titans would have had success, they elected to mm-hmm. fight on like mm-hmm. map win. Like that was the, they decided we're going to give you up to the final 10 centimeters here. And having done so, they left themselves absolutely no room. Like the moment that, uh, I think King was the first Titan dropped as the, as Florida came through the, Mm -hmm. that choke. Suddenly you have an advantage that Florida just capitalized on. Like they just decided we're going to take the fight to the point. We know you have to stay here. And what was the response? The Vancouver Titans backed off, leaving mirror on the point to essentially get deleted. Like Junker queen cannot survive. Mm-hmm. in a brawl yeah with no support no, it, it it all ended very i mean anticlimactically it was just a a very clearly uh florida realized they've got no option here if we apply a little pressure they're gonna back off and that's what they did they pushed vancouver takes 10 steps backwards and they're off the point and that was it you know it was clear that florida knew what the wind condition was my notes for this overtime push on florida's side are literally just arg because it went by that quick and it was, it seemingly was that yep. easy for Florida. 
So Titans down 2-0. It's uh, do or die time. So what map do they choose for escort? Actually, what map, <laughs> if you were the Titans, would you not choose for escort? Which is where we wound up. What map did the yeah. Titans choose? I, like this is the. Th- I, I honestly, it, I, I have to imagine that they were pl- tr- trying to play maps they felt Florida was not good on. Like if the Titans genuinely have metrics that show them as performing on Circuit Royale, <laughs> I would love to see them because this entire season that map has not been a good place. For well, and them. and honestly, like the com- it's really interesting because we have the comparison of the match against San Francisco versus this match against Florida. I would wager everyone that is a fan of the Overwatch League is going to say San Francisco is a better team than Florida. I don't care what meta you're talking about. This season, San Francisco has been better than most teams. They're clearly better than Florida. Um, and Vancouver put up a good fight against them. That was a really fun match to watch. And although it was 3-1, you know, I think most people would say Vancouver put up a better fight than the 3-1 result. Whereas... Mm-hmm. Coming into this, um, like it almost felt like, I don't know who, maybe it was Deepay, challenged his team to play differently. And I don't feel like he should have because they played so oh, well against yeah. San Francisco. It was like Deepay said, you know what? You're going to pick only maps that we're not good at or that we don't have a stellar record on. And King, I want you to hang back. And Aspire, I want you to play Ash instead of Sojourn. And I want you guys to play really tight. And it just seemed like they almost made, like, I don't want to, I don't want to crap on them too bad, but it seemed like it was just the counterintuitive pick on every turn. Yeah. You know, it, you're, you're almost correct. I don't imagine Deepay no, would go I and don't. challenge them to play <laughs> differently and what have you. Um, and we, we can't discount the fact that Florida yes, looked good. Sure. I mean, it, the Florida we saw against the Vancouver Titans was not the same Florida we saw against Absolutely. the Houston Outlaws, not within a million miles of each other. But the fact that the Vancouver Titans attack didn't get started for like the first two Classic minutes because camp. Florida, yeah, they spawn camp the living daylights out of the Titans. And the only time the Titans were able to go and get progress was if they got one pick and Florida's like, yeah, you know, Let's let's retreat a little bit, but then the Vancouver Titans were so tentative mm-hmm. exiting spawn. Flora's like, "Oh, yeah. you don't want that space? Oh, okay, well we'll yeah. take it that's, back." That's what I mean. Like, like it's it, just it, very, like I say, the, the aggression was gone, um, and I think that's the only reason they did so well against San Francisco is because they had that aggression. They challenged San Francisco where uh, they probably didn't think they would be challenged. Um, I distinctly remember them chasing yeah. them down at points. Uh, just to create a little extra space. And we saw none of that against Florida. Yeah. You know, and it should be pointed out that uh, we were finally seeing Sojourn play from Aspire. I believe he'd actually switched yeah, over to the, the Sojourn late on, on Parizo, but it was too late. Like the Vancouver Titans did not get the first mm-hmm. checkpoint in Circuit Royale. And so what did Florida do? They're like, well, we're going to cheekily come out and attack. We'll get out the doors real quick. Boom. Here, there we are. We've got our space. Oh, hey, look, we picked Mm -hmm. off two people. And the Titans then, like, I mean, they had to, they had to retreat. But the Vancouver Titans essentially gave them all the way to the corner. And then, I mean, I think they won one fight there, if if memory serves me correct. But I mean, the inevitable was already written on the wall. The Vancouver Titans were going to lose. It was just going to be a matter as to, you know, how quickly would it happen? And I'm sure by the end. I'm sure by the time they were defending, they they were boomed for all intents and purposes, unfortunately. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's unfortunate because I think, you know, this team had a lot that they could have done to, to continue their journey mm-hmm. within this tournament. Um, I'm not going to deny making this tournament's yeah. a win. You'll hear us talk a little bit about it with Lemon Cave a little bit later. Mm, this team could have done so much more. I mean, I don't know if they go all the way and, you know, as we get into later on in the episode, they're probably going to be, you know, hard up to sort of continue their journey. But there was an opportunity here that was presented to them. And despite a much better performing Florida team who in conversation essentially said, well, we could play any meta and we thought we could actually do Brig Lucio better against uh, Vancouver. But if they had forced us to on certain maps to play Zanana, we could have done that too. And we would have still been better. Yeah. Like, that was the response. I think yeah. someone was the. I, I was going to say in, in the post match interview with uh, with the players, uh, it was clear that they had the confidence. Um, you know they they were they were in the right mindset. Um, and also, I know yesterday uh-huh. I had said that I was really excited to see Vancouver play London, based on how Vancouver played against uh, San Francisco and based on how London played against Toronto. And now, I feel the same about Florida against London. The way Florida played against Vancouver impressed me enough. Now I'm excited to see them play London because of how London had played previously. It's just a shame that it's not Vancouver in that spot. Yeah, agreed. But uh, the Toronto Defiance still had a chance to uh, save Canadian pride and keep it intact because they were up against the Washington Justice. If you listened to our episode yesterday, you and I were were in a difficult position of wondering how the Toronto Defiant were to get past the Washington Justice. And really the key differentiator here was Hisu's desire to continue to play Ash and the fact that playoff decay mm-hmm. sojourn gave Dallas fits. In fact, it wasn't until Dallas finally accepted that sojourn was the path forward that they were able to go and reverse sweep the justice. So what happens? Well, uh, the Toronto Defiant get things underway relatively quick and they come out with aggression. But this is the thing about this Toronto Defiant team. We've seen that the last two maps. They come out with, you know, some pretty solid aggression on that uh, that control phase. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, handled themselves well on Li Jiang. They picked Li Jiang and they, they owned it. Like, I don't think there was really ever any point where it didn't feel like Toronto wasn't completely in control. Um, well, I'll walk that back a bit. There was one moment just before the capture of control center where it was clear that the Toronto defiant were going to win. And then the K pop dissolve immediately deletes two two defiant players, but he just happened to be a step or two away from the point and wasn't able to, to trigger overtime. That was the moment where I was like, Ooh, um, but I mean, beyond that, Toronto owned this map. Like it was, it was clean. They were winning fights. Hisu on, on Ash was getting phenomenal value. Um, uh, I think it was on market. Um, he did play sojourn on, mm-hmm. on control center and was, was doing quite well, but it was all though who, if you looked and watched how mm-hmm. King played, King was good. Although was dominant. Like, imagine if King had been able to provide the same value that although provided the Defiant. We're talking about a much, probably a much different result for the Vancouver Titans. Although simply decided, yeah, I'm the best Genji in this darn game. And by the way, by the way, I'm going to go and uh, introduce myself to you personally. Oh, hey, Decay, eat yeah. some shurikens. Yeah, although did definitely impress uh, this entire match. I mean, he he kept it up for the whole 
the whole match. Um, I think he ended up getting play of the match as well, or player of the game. Um, mm-hmm. Oh, he yeah, he did. And but it I was mean, clear. It's... He was far and away a big reason why they did as well as they did. Um, and obviously that's not to discount Hisu because I think Hisu had a, a stellar performance as well. Um, but I think it's more the fact that, you know, although sometimes isn't as on as he was today um, and he was on, I think the whole team well, was firing on all cylinders. No. And I, I was just to point that out, like there are times where although might yeah. be on and he isn't so much or, or hot was having off game or, or twilight and, and, and Jorong yeah. are yeah. not in sync. All five of them exactly. were were completely in in control, um, and so they clearly go through Li Zhang, and then uh, Washington chooses Pareza, and uh, Toronto again completely in charge. It, it wasn't maybe as dominant as a, as what we saw out of Li Zhang, but again, Hisu on the ash was able to get some significant value with his dynamite. Um, Hotbow was just having his way with Kalios, um, like in the, in the sort of one-to-one matchup. Uh, if there was any doubt um, in my mind, it, it had to, it happened more so in to the, the club nightclub phase. I felt that Toronto not really took their foot off the gas, but maybe accidentally put the car in a neutral and over revved the engine a bit. I think it, it had a little bit to do with, uh, with how they were playing this map, um, looking for those sight lines and in the club, you don't so much get that as the path kind of winds and twists and turns. Um, and it is, you know, a lot more of a confined space, uh, almost like, um, uh, I can't think of the map right now. I can picture it, but, uh, Dorado, that's what I'm thinking. Almost like that final mm-hmm. phase in Dorado where you go indoors and everything like that. Um, but yeah, overall, I mean, again, just the team firing on all cylinders. Washington didn't look bad on this map. Um, I actually honestly didn't think Washington looked terrible on control either. They obviously didn't get a single point. Um, but Toronto was, was clearing away the better team. Well, no, they, they they were Toronto was showing why they were a top Absolutely. three team this stage. Like this is where when Toronto, for whatever reason, comes out mm-hmm. as not the top three team, it, mm-hmm. it doesn't look good. Um, but this this is yeah. them finding that that totally. swagger, or as I'm told, the kids don't say swag anymore. But still, I'm old, so I can. There was a moment in this match where the Toronto Defiant really had no business continuing the fight. And decided that uh, they didn't really care because they were able to go and throw Bob <laughs> to make it 5e5. But what's even crazier is Washington, you know, agreed. And it was in that sort of small hallway and club, like that small side room where you had, I think, Chorong standing on like the, the point, moving it towards um, Decay trying to get out of the room where Bob happens to be hanging out, getting picked off by Chorong, who's, mm-hmm. who's just pushing the payload and on the back lane. Like, it's just chaos. It didn't ultimately work out in Toronto's favor, but the fact that they were that mm-hmm. confident to prolong that fight and do so in a way that created that level of yeah. chaos, that's the Toronto Defiant that we want to see match well, in, and, match and out. And honestly, you know, to peek ahead a couple pages uh we saw that same kind of attitude and uh that same kind of play style uh later on as well in coliseo mm-hmm. yeah but before we get to coliseo we got circuit royale and if you're counting maps you'd be like oh so this is the one that the defiant <laughs> don't win that is true but 
I actually felt the Toronto Defiant had an opportunity to win this particular map. I mean, the Washington Justice did well enough in the uh, inside the building to slow the the Toronto Defiant down enough, but I feel that Toronto um, committed maybe their support alts a little bit to you know haphazardly on defense, which allowed Washington to get um, you know that alt economy to sort of shift into their favor, and also get. Washington sort of passed that again, switchback that I call a chicane, which is arguably the toughest part of the map to deal with until such time as you're in the building. So, you know, it's not that Toronto wasn't dominant. They were, it's just, they made a few mistakes and Washington just happened to be able to take advantage of them. Again, you got playoff decay playing playoff decay levels. You know, you, you can't make mistakes. Um, and these are things that I think the Toronto Defiant need to sort of firm up because as they continue on, they're going to be playing against more teams that are just as capable of, you know, taking advantage of mistakes. But let's let's get into Coliseo because I don't know if I would have ever thought it to have been as one-sided yeah. as it was. Coliseo was, was surprising. Um, I don't know that we've seen... Toronto performed that well on Coliseo before. We've seen them do well on New Queen Street. We've seen them do bad on New Queen Street. But in my mind, Coliseo does not stick out as a Toronto map. Um, obviously, it's it's push uh, for map four, so it had to happen. Um, but this is where we saw, just like you were talking about before, um, we saw that kind of, I'm going to annoy you. I'm We're going to kind of push you a little bit. We might get one of our players caught out, but if you're not paying attention to ultimately what the objective is and pushing the wall constantly or the bot, uh, then we're going to make a ton of progress. And that's what happened. Toronto took an early lead and Washington had to win, you know, three fights in a row to swing things back. And it just, it was a tough task for them. And, and even then got the bot, like just outside of the, yep. that first hall, like this was, what was really interesting was that, Toronto continue to say, well, you know, we'll meet you in the hallway. It's kind of like that, you know, high school uh, bully. Um, and Washington knew that this was going to happen mm-hmm. each and every time, but didn't have an understanding as to how they were going to go and deal with this, which if you were to look at what London was able to accomplish against Toronto in sort of a similar situation, you know, London came in saying, okay, we're going to go and we're going to pick yeah. on the ash. Right, where that's that's the one because the ash is the trouble in this this particular part of the map. And if we can get the ash out of the picture, then we can in turn, you know, continue our journey. And in this particular scenario, they didn't. And what was very interesting is Hisu was able to go and continue to get a dynamite in, get two or three. He always seemed to have two or three ticking. Um, at some point in time, decay would drop. And when that happened, guess what direction that bot was going to go again? Um, and despite all of this, you know, the swagger was back. Toronto started committing crazy alts to find themselves the ability to prolong team fights. But that confidence existed because they're like, well, we've got all this progress. Let's go and invest here. See what we can do. Maybe we can draw out another alt from Washington. Yeah, there'll be a reset. But by the time they get the bot back into the hallway, we'll yeah. be there waiting. And that's exactly what happened there. There definitely were a few um, questionable moments where, Seemed like Toronto committed an ult, like you say, when they shouldn't have. Um, you know, one spot right near 
I don't even know how to describe it before the bridge when you're coming around that turn and you uh, have the edge of the map there and you can fall off there's one moment there that sticks out where Toronto committed uh, I think Twilight committed a um, a rally oh, he had a rally the fight was uh, essentially over and he committed it and he yeah it was, it, was, it was a big question mark but at the same time you know he and they knew that Washington was going to walk it back and the only distance they would get would be back to the beginning. Um, they wouldn't actually be able to mm. make any meaningful progress. Did I don't think, did they ever get the barricade out of that hallway? Washington? Um, maybe to like the, just the very, the pillars where it changes to the street, but maybe, I don't yeah. think they would got it much farther than that. Yeah, no, I it just, it didn't occur to me that they ever got it, got all the far. Anyhow, long story short, Toronto beats Washington. They do the exact opposite that you and I thought was going to be possible. And not only that, Hisu went and proved you and yeah. I wrong. He proved to us that Ash is a valid pick against a, a team with a crack shot to sojourn and decay. So I figured let's go and ask him why that might be. Here's his response. <laughs> 인것 같고 왜냐면은 애쉬로 짰던 게 많고 왜냐면 처음부터 애쉬를 했으니까 그리고 그동안 저희가 애쉬로 좀 어댑트 스크림에서 좋은 성적을 얻고 때도 좋은 스타트도 했고 그래서 그건 저희 전략이라 그냥 애쉬를 하자고 마, 마음을 이미 먹은 상태고 그리고 소장이 안 좋은 것도 아닌데 왜 애쉬를 쓰냐면 소장을 제가 그닥 잘한 것도 아니, 아니긴 한데 소전 뭔가 딱 킬렉이용 그냥 우클릭 차징 채워서 한 번만 따면은 되는 쉬운 챔프인데 근데 그거 말고는 전 없다고 보고요 메리트 내시 같은 경우에는 다이너마이트도 있고 좌클릭 우클릭 다 쉬프트 다 뭔가 좀 전략적으로 쓸수 있고 좀음좀 여러 가지를 생각해서 팀을 위해서 한다면은 애쉬로 차, 차근차근 사, 쌓는 느낌 그런 네, 그래서 애쉬를 하는 것 같아요. 소전은 뭔가, 솔직히 픽하면, 좀 뇌정지가 온다 해야 되나? 좀, 솔직히 머리 없이, 생각 없이 그냥 플레이하고, 그냥 우클릭 써서 킬 따면 좋고, 못 따면 거의 지는 거라고 저는 생각하기 때문에, 오히려 애쉬로 플레이하면서, 생각을 계속하고, 네, 팀한테 맞추는 거라고 생각합니다. 저는. <웃음> Uh, I would say that it is our own strategy to uh, recruit Ash uh, compared to other teams because we, first of all, we started off with Ash uh, in the early season. So we have a lot of in-game strategies and details that are built based on Ash. And I think we haven't managed to pull off the best, but we did show the proof behind the pick for sure. And I'm not saying that Sojourn is bad. Um, I'm not like a bad, but I don't think I'm, I'm typically like a good Sojourn player either. And I've, in terms of like um, hero design, um, if you don't get kills with the right-click charges, um, there's no merit in um, recruiting Sojourn. And worse, if you don't make kills out of this. Uh, but compared to that, Ash has very valuable skills, like starting with Dynamite and even her um, all combo and the shift to kind of like keep the distance and all of that. And there are, I think, more variety given by Ash to um, lead the in-game strategies um, that is typically based on... Um, based on team-based plays. First of all, Hisu, all about the details. The entire press conference, his answers were detailed. Um, Stella, 
who I believe translated most of what he said. I don't know Korean, <laughs> so I, I can't sort of piece together if there was any uh, editorial control, considering the laughter that happened at the end didn't really line up with what she ended off the, the conversation with. But it's interesting to note that he acknowledges that Ash is a comfort pick, but he raises a very salient point. Ash works in these situations, but I feel that by providing the value I do with Ash and the kit that she you know, and utility that she gives is far better than my play on a sojourn where I'm not able to get those right clicks effectively. And that's interesting because, you know, if we think to how we sort of position how, well, why the heck is Aspire playing Ash? Should he not be playing sojourn? I think it's almost the opposite there, right? Where Aspire is playing a hero that maybe he's not getting the value out of the utility that Hisu might be. So he should probably stick Mm -hmm. more on the sojourn where he is with Hisu. He's acknowledging, Hey, I think Ash is it. But he also raises the point, we've been doing Ash yeah. the entire season, so why would yeah. we switch and, now? And that's something that, I mean, again, we had we had talked about a little bit. Um, he has been, he especially in this meta, he was one of the first ones that was bringing out the Ash over the Sojourn. I think in, in the very beginning, we saw it picked occasionally, but he was the one that first week that it was very much like, he's trying to make this work. And I remember the desk talking about the fact that I, I'm not convinced that the Ash is is going to be a go-to or is a good pick over Sojourn. And as this qualifier uh, round went on, we just saw her getting picked more and more, um, obviously by Hisu, but also by others. So, yeah. And, and that sort of was what part of the question is. I had said, like, we're seeing Sojourn primary Ash selective pick, whereas with Hisu, it's mm-hmm. Ash primary Sojourn selective. So um, definitely good to hear. The, uh, something else that uh, both he and... Uh, and then although it commented on was the fact that uh, fan support's yeah. been phenomenal. Like they, you know, it's been acknowledged. There's been sort of some, you know, nervousness on them, but uh, the energy that they saw today, they just fed off it. Um, and they're really wanting to perform for the crowd. So if you happen to be there uh, in the Toronto Defiant or coming out or getting on stage, just continue to yell, cheer. Um, Cause the, the team is, is feeding off boo-hoo. the energy. Houston, come on. Don't, don't, don't let them get away with that. I don't care if you're a fan. Boo them. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're going to take a quick break here before we continue on with the further analysis because Lemon Cheese is standing by. So as we shared a moment ago, we are pleased to be joined by a very special guest. We've got Lemon Kiwi joining myself here in Jordan uh, to talk a little bit about the event, talk about uh, Canada, because, you know, we as a podcast have been described as the preeminent Canadian Overwatch podcast. Well, who better than the preeminent Canadian caster in the Overwatch League <laughs> to join us? Thanks so much Welcome. for having me. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time to, to join us. Um, you know, you've had the opportunity. We actually just wrapped up watching uh, the Vancouver uh, Titans play. And while that match against the Florida Man did not go the way that I, I think any of us would have hoped <laughs> or maybe, expected or expected. True. Um, you know, can you, you know, give us a, a few thoughts on, on sort of what we just witnessed? Like, I mean, it, it outside of Zoe who predicted the Florida mayhem would win. I don't think anyone had thought that uh, we would see the Vancouver Titans get free overwatched. Uh, it's an insane to me because I really, I would have even predicted Vancouver Titans as well. Just, they look so much better ever since they have Deepay as a coach. I've talked to him and he just, he's so optimistic. And this is not a guy that's easily optimistic. So for him to build this team and for him to put trust into young rookies like King is really cool to see. And he seemed really hopeful they are winning. I mean, they qualified for this event. So this is the best they've looked in ages, it feels like. And, um, 
I mean, even put up such a good fight against the shock when I rewatched that. I felt like King just came such a long way because I used to cast him back in like 2017, 2018. Like back when I first casted, like he was like first competing in like contenders trials and going from like a baby to like what he is now is, is so awesome. And they look so good against shock, like shock just. I don't know, looked almost even against Titans, even though mm. the series didn't go their way. So I, and then Florida looked lost in the sauce against Houston. So I was like, no shot. I mean, Florida don't look mentally ready. You saw them on the bench. They were like not talking and it was only yeah. someone and maybe one of the supports talking, but Florida just looked like they weren't all mentally here. So just mentally and play wise, you thought that Vancouver were going to take it. And from casting that series, it just felt like King was not looking for anything he was kind of just playing things safe and i think on a big stage maybe he was nervous to and i thought those nerves would have went away after day one but i guess it's still happening on day two and maybe even more nerves considering the fact that they're in lower bracket so maybe Mm -hmm. king was just like i don't want to do anything that will be the reason why we lose but like as a genji you need to be the person who's looking for stuff and going for taking risks and i checkmate was just decking him in terms of limbs damage and everything uh i think only there was one part of parizo that uh king started a little bit out damaging checkmate but that was a bit of the weaker link there um aspire also wasn't just absolutely carrying the team like he usually does Mm -hmm. um i think mirror was surviving a lot more than he usually does like mirror looked better today um and then Masa had what some Ajaxes or is it like canceled sound beers happened that like they pointed out. Um, I missed those, but he didn't look amazing today. So it sucks because they looked incredible day one, and I just wonder what happened that day two didn't happen, like didn't work out. Yeah, you know, I, do you think it's more a combination of both Florida having a little more confidence, maybe having you know Majid here on stage? Like I, I wasn't entirely sure. Did he fly in last night or fly in first thing this morning? Oh, that I. Don't I think like they said something like he got in this morning? I'm not sure to confirm or deny yeah. there, but he's on. I saw him on stage, so he's confirmed yeah. here. And yeah, but you know how it's it's interesting because if if you were saying it didn't look like they were really communicating on stage, it didn't probably help that they then have someone who's not even <laughs> physically with them. Um, how much that shift is, but we also saw Florida approach the Vancouver Titans by embracing the meta, something that we didn't see against Houston. And when you had mentioned earlier how the Titans did appear to be almost at the same level of the shock. I mean, Jordan and I talked about last night, there was Midtown specifically a map where the Vancouver Titans just appeared to be the shock. I mean, I don't think yeah. San Francisco was prepared for that. And yet today we, we didn't see that, that same team. Like it was, it's a, a real disparity that I know, you know, most of us probably weren't prepared for. So do you think it's, you know, a combination of maybe a better Florida and maybe a not so prepared Vancouver, or was it that, just happened to be a bad day for the Titans. I just, I felt, noticed during the match, kind of looking at the stats, it felt like a really big DPS gap because I found that someone and Mir were really close in damage and maybe a little bit more deaths at some moments there for Mir, but, you know, when the whole team dies, you know, he does as well. Um, it's just, I remember at Lijong Tower, it was like Checkmate and Hydron had like a total of 65 limbs and like 30 final blows and like King, uh, King and Aspire were like nowhere near that. And it was like, it was actually like a deadlift. And I felt like 
maybe because King was playing more reserved, that was the reason why someone like Hydron was able to have so much freedom to just like pop overclock and never get touched. So King playing more reserved kind of like hurt the team a little bit because Genji really has to just be constantly pressuring these DPS and and King like did at least the standard of his job of he pops blade, he draws support ultimates out, he wasn't like feeding or going way out of position and getting picked, but just playing things safe is like not enough for a tournament setting like this. Mm-hmm. You know, and something that struck me is that the Vancouver Titans have what Kaluge described to us yesterday <laughs> as one of the best sojourns in the league with Aspire. And today we saw a lot of ash out of him. Um, how much do you think that the use of Ash over Sojourn plays into this? I mean, we're, right now they've a Toronto Defiant to just uh, beat uh, the Justice on Parade, so they're up 2 0. But Hisu is a good example. Hisu is the Ash first, Sojourn second. And Toronto seems to have committed to that. So do you think that when we think about the current meta, Ash does have a, a place to be more frequently used? Or is it more maybe positionally? And as a result, maybe the Vancouver Titans almost hamstrung uh, aspire to some respect um there's definitely such so much give and take or like pros and cons when it comes to using ash and it's really map dependent um i think aspire i was surprised to see him as much on ash especially on maps like parisu where um it's really close range on that map and ash kind of likes that distance uh, further away because she only has a coach gun so you don't have as much mobility as sojourn sojourn can just like go a mile away with one shift jump while as ash kind of only creates a tiny bit of space but ash um the pro there why you would play ash over sojourn is that it's consistent damage per shot and it's more of like a genji enabler than kind of sojourn kind of sets up her own plays of you charge up and you get that one hit while as ash maybe you're not getting as many final blows unless you're hisu whose crit damage is insane i think it's like 20 percent uh crit chance um but uh yeah ash is like an enabler of genji and i think maybe aspire wanted to help king out a little bit more because king was struggling so maybe if he could have that initial damage for king to get those dash resets he can go in and get out and maybe feel better about taking risks and i don't think that was enough because it wasn't that aspire was getting out damaged because he actually had the same amount of damage as uh hydron did who was playing sojourn but there just wasn't as many final blows because mm-hmm. kind of aspire was setting up king and king wasn't delivering or doing much with the chances he had and i wonder if there's like an intimidation thing but um there's reasons to play ash and there's reasons to not play ash i guess to answer your question sure and i, I you know we'll be talking about it uh, on the on the show and probably forever more but uh, as it stands i mean it's a moot point the vancouver titans unfortunately fell 3-0 to florida ma'am and their uh their journey is over but one has to suggest that simply arriving to Toronto <laughs> Big win. is a win in itself. All right. Um, it was close. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, and actually I want to talk a little bit about the Toronto defiant as well. I mean, one of the things that the Toronto defiant have going for them, they got the home crowd. Now in the first match, it almost appeared as if London negated the home crowd. I mean, it was, it was a weird experience for, for us listening to it on stream because the crowd was present. And then suddenly it was just like everyone had gone home. <laughs> And, you know, coming from the traditional sports background, generally speaking, that's not what happens. You, your fans are there and they start to express displeasure, either with the team you're playing or potentially in some cases you. Um, do you think that nerves might have been an issue for the Defiant being that they're on stage in front of their home crowd? There's a lot of pressure. Um, 
And that might have been why they didn't, you know, fare so well against London. Because, like, again, it's early, but the Washington Justice and Jordan and I both thought this was the matchup that was going to be the the difficult one, not the other way around where the Titans would get rolled. And here we are having the Toronto Defiant, having listened to our show, proving us wrong. Yeah, I actually got, I was curious about that same thing too, of what's the pressure and the nerves like? Do they feel fueled by the fans or pressured by them to give good results? So I actually messaged Moby Dick, their coach, about it. And I was just like, what's up with that? And he said he definitely thinks like nerves are going to be a factor because a lot of their players just haven't been on a stage like this. Um, Mm -hmm. But they think, he assumed, like I talked to him before the match happened, um, the very first match happened. And he said that he thinks, or he thought at the time, that the fans were going to excite you know the players that they were once they were going to hear the cheers this was kind of going to help them mm-hmm. but i think they kind of mentally boom themselves because like for example that c9 on was it dorado something like that like um yeah. that i think that completely messed with them i could tell like we have pictures of the cameras and all that and no one was talking no one was fist bumping after like a round or anything and you could tell that things were down and if you start thinking you're gonna lose it's just you're gonna you're lose yeah, you're not thinking that you'll win. It's you're focused on the the wrong result. Um, might it have helped if maybe Twilight had started doing push-ups or or something? Because I, mean, <laughs> I wanted them to a nice push-up off. I asked them to because I, I yeah, mean, Hottie doing push-ups was hilarious, and I don't know if how what effect that had. I I definitely said on the cast, I was like, I would be in, I would be intimidated. I thought really, I thought Hoppa was gonna get up and start doing it himself, and I kind of challenged yeah. him to do that when I was on the mic, but they didn't do it. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the only reason I suggest Twilight is when he was here with the Vancouver Titans, the word had it that he and uh, Summon Sue were in the gym on a regular basis. Oh, so, I didn't know that. Um, I mean, I, whether or not there was truth, I don't know. But the point is, is that, uh, you know, if a, there had to be a push up fight, and you, you got a there's a call and response. And had he presented the call, unfortunately, <laughs> there was no response. Um, you know, at the event itself, I mean, what's it been like? I mean, I'll be honest, I'm jealous being out here on the West Coast, <laughs> not being able to attend uh, on my own right. But what's it been like for those of us who, who can't uh, be there? Um, as someone who hasn't been to Canada in a minute, um, I thought it was going to be colder, to be honest. But I also uh, just went to school in Sudbury and stuff up north. So it's mm-hmm. colder up here. But it's surprisingly great weather. A lot of construction, if you care about what's happening outside the event. But um, inside the event, I mean, it's so loud whenever Vancouver and Toronto play. I was actually surprised to see how much the Toronto fans were actually cheering for Vancouver. So it's like mm-hmm. the Canadians just support the Canadian teams because I thought it was going to be like booing for vancouver maybe maybe when toronto and vancouver face or if they face that'll actually they're well vancouver's out but if they were to face um, then maybe that would be a different story but everyone's excited to be here that's good it's i mean there were definitely some some solid cheers for the vancouver titans um when they played the the san francisco shock granted Mm -hmm. kalusia's entire family seems to be there and oh true You know, it was like a 50 50 battle, but against the, the Florida man, like it was, it seemed to be a very pro Vancouver crowd. Um, unfortunately, the Battle of Canada won't happen. Vancouver losing has, has made that uh, thing. And even then, it would have been a, a tough battle because, you know, Florida is going to have to go through London. Toronto's having to go through, if they win, uh, Houston. And then the loser bracket battle of Canada would have been some. But, uh, you know, being that you've, you've come back to, to Canada, and how many of the, you know, People within the scene, knowing that you know you are a Canadian, are asking for all the uh, the inside information, or are they asking you questions like, do you know John from Winnipeg and, and the like? Um, 
No, I I feel like I'm the one asking for insight questions. Like, <laughs> thankfully, Moby Dick has been uh, great. I can just kind of send him. All the coaches have been mostly great. Have been not ignoring my questions, but I know they're also focusing on game day. But if anything, I'm the one looking for insight. But it's cool to just have the Canadian fans like give me extra love too. And I think it, I didn't even know that many people knew that I was Canadian, but I guess people did the research and definitely a lot of Canadian fans are happy to see me and, um, you know, Canada press was here. And so mm-hmm. I, it's been feeling like home for me to be here and just to be in my own country and to see the both Canadian teams being here because wasn't sure if Vancouver were going to make it and Toronto at the start of the season uh, had their ups and downs, you know, so. All right. Well, I, I can't, I can't speak for others, but I know as a podcast, we did our research when we were asked who might we want to talk to lemon Kiwi top of the list I and mean, <laughs> the Canadian connection. And, I, and then they're like, oh, well, we were thinking about the teams. Oh, okay. Well, then are there any Canadians? Like, I mean, that was our focus. But, um, but no, only Boston was here. Good. They have like most of the Canadian well, players, right? Yeah. Seeker, who's actually from, from out west here and then Crimzo. But, um, you know, on the note of everyone knowing you're Canadian, it's something that I think Canadians tend to do. We keep track of our own. I mean, <laughs> hence why everyone knows that Ryan Reynolds is a Canadian, Seth Rogen, you know, all these different actors. It's, it's what we do. We, we export our awesomeness. So, others can partake in it uh jordan yeah i was was just gonna say so we gotta ask then if you know if there were to be another overwatch league team in canada where would you place them oh i'm I'm kind of biased for montreal because i'm i was born in montreal i'm sorry for the head shake we had montreal rebellion we had montreal rebellion and contenders for a while and they had a cute little logo but just like Saskatchewan doesn't have a good mm-hmm. ring, you know, or oh, Saskatoon or whatever. The, that that would be funny. Or the Calgary, uh, maybe Calgary. Oh, she said it. Or oh, I was ready to so, jump so on this Jordan- and, and say no. You're wrong. The answer is Calgary or Edmonton. Uh, being that I am from <laughs> Calgary, currently living in Edmonton, but you said it. So there you go. It's a done deal. Yeah, you don't understand how many times Jordan asks this question just to, you know, trot out the name yep. Calgary. But you, you bring up something like Sask- uh, Saskatoon. If there was a team in Saskatchewan, guaranteed the entire province would be out. Like if they had a, a watch party, the entire province would be in the bar or venue drinking pills yeah, and cheering them on. The team would have to be green. Um, like it, it, there's something about fans in, in they that got nothing better province. to do. They come out for everything. That's why. I just have never been, so I have zero idea. So, uh, well, I only know from the sports side is if there's uh, a sport, they they like drink that up. They travel, um, like they there there's green everywhere. But um, you know, just to sort of you know bring it back to the the tournament it, itself. I mean, we're midway through. Who do you think is going to win it all? Oh, I like. I was already thinking Dallas, but I was expecting a Dallas Shock final. But after seeing Shock go to Game 5 against Justice, and I don't even know what the result is right now. I'm hearing Aldo is absolutely like popping off right now. So, who knows? But um, it, it's tough because Houston... I mean, Houston had a 3-0, but who knows if that was just an easy match because Florida fell over. I'm thinking still a Dallas shock final, but a shock look a lot human because they went a lot more human because they went to game five against Justice and that shouldn't have ever been a thing. And now shocker losing maps to Toronto, which in respect to Toronto, they're hustling in front of the home crowd, but like shock were kind of should have been rolling everyone and they're kind of not. So I feel like Dallas have a good chance. 
So just just to confirm, when you say shock, you're meaning the justice, right? Because uh, that's who's playing Toronto and who went to the five maps against Oh, Dallas. yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, I'm all over the place. That's um, okay. No worries. I mean, <laughs> Dallas lost it. Or, oh, it was Dallas. Oh, dude, I can't memorize this bracket. Yeah, Dallas looked... But everyone looks weird this tournament, to be honest. Well, Houston's it, the only one taking clean series, if anything. Maybe I should pred Houston. Yeah. Hmm. I, mean, it, the, I think if there's something that can be said about this meta and the way that this particular tourney cycle is going is that you can't take any particular team for granted. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that, again, someone might say, Hey, Chris, the Vancouver Titans just got, you know, <laughs> knocked out pretty quick and they were perceived to be a good team. Well, that's the problem is that there are a lot of good teams in this tournament and you can't predict a whole lot outside of the, a team like the Shock, who have been performing well, Houston, until they ran into the Shock. The Washington Justice looked real hot against the Dallas Fuel until Dallas suddenly figured things out. Now, Dallas is looking good. So the good teams are definitely remaining good, but it's the teams that are finding their way into the loser bracket who are equally as, as uh, competent. A um, couple questions just to wrap things up, and these aren't going to be all that Overwatch-related, but out <laughs> of curiosity, what's your favorite video game of all time? Oh, so am I just like cheating if I don't say Overwatch? No, not at all. I mean, in, in fact, if you were to ask me, I'd tell you it's Doom too, but I'm old. <laughs> Doom is, I've actually never played Doom and it looks intense. Like it's, I thought Overwatch was fast. Doom is crazy. Um, I'd say like definitely multiplayer wise, Overwatch is my favorite. But when it comes to like a single player campaign, I, I go for like a Final Fantasy 9. Like the Final okay. Fantasies are amazing. So that's my favorite I mean, game. Alex isn't here. He's. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, our, our other co host, Alex, he's really big into Final Fantasy. Oh, sweet. Yeah. And uh, if uh, if you were forced to choose Vancouver or Toronto, <laughs> mm, oh, I know we only have some tough uh, questions here on the RSP. I'm because I I really respect Depe and what he does for Vancouver, but I I need more time to see if Vancouver can can actually be good. Uh, so I gotta say Toronto because I'm such a Twilight fan. Oh. Okay. And he's such a Chad. So I got to say I mean, Toronto. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Twilight Swagger is, is I next level. last night that Chris named his cat after Twilight. But you can't I tell really? his family that. They think it's just a cute Well, yeah, name. don't tell my, my – exactly. Don't – I couldn't name the cat Slime. I would not have been able to get away with that. <laughs> <laughs> but we named it, we named it Twilight. And that's, that's cute. Her, that's her name. Yeah. It's actually something I don't think we've actually shared on the show. Oh, Thanks, Jordan. but uh lemon thanks again for taking time out of your schedule to join us Uh, we truly appreciate uh you know you being here and then hopefully uh, we'll be able to reconnect again either you know as the season goes on or possibly into the the season following yeah thank you so much for having me and i hope that toronto's winning right now while we're talking they are oh okay good canadian energy is being sent it was nice getting a chance to to talk to Lemon Kiwi and uh, and hear her thoughts on both the the Titans and the the uh, uh, defined performance. It's too bad Alex uh, wasn't uh, with us because uh, as we learned, she's a big fan of the Final Fantasy series, and everyone here knows that uh, Alex is. But I can't believe you finally got someone to give you the answer that you have been begging right. for. We just, we just needed someone. Uh you know, with, with a little bit of know-how, a little bit of a brain on this show, 
Um, and finally someone agrees with me, you know, I didn't even, I didn't even spoon feed that to her. I was about to jump in and she said Calgary and she said it jokingly. And then she went, well, actually, and, and gave kind of this, you know, Calgary could be a good spot. So I'm, I'm all about it. Uh, as I always say, you know, Overwatch League, whoever's out there listening, organizations that want to start a team, hit me up. I'm your in. Okay. I'll, I'll help you plant some roots Mm -hmm. in Alberta. But uh, as we sort of continue looking at uh, the action of the day, uh, the London uh, Spitfire and the Dallas uh, Fuel got underway. This was the matchup that we had actually thought Toronto would have been in, uh, not the the Washington matchup. And uh, Dallas showed that they figured out uh, that uh, here's how we're going to play this particular meta and then proceeded to say, but we really like these Ash picks still. And yet did not matter because while the Spitfire did make it interesting for a brief moment, Dallas pretty much slammed the door shut. Uh, So Dallas wins 3-1 over London. That means London goes down into the loser bracket as we had predicted would occur. Uh, And they get to actually take on the uh, team that beat Vancouver in Florida, which you would acknowledge is probably going to be a pretty good matchup to to watch. Unfortunately, not with the, the Titans as we had hoped. The other match uh, that took place uh, earlier today was when the San Francisco Shock were taking on the Houston Outlaws. If you happen to, you know, hear our show or, you know, catch any of the commentary, uh, the Houston Outlaws were confident. They felt they were actually a better overall team comparative to the San Francisco Shock. Not to say that San Francisco wasn't good. Houston simply felt that they were better at every level. So San Francisco beat them 3-1 to tell them that's not actually the case. But it's the way that San Francisco was able to go in and not embarrass, but maybe make Houston look silly. Like, I don't know how often we saw Dante commit a a rampage, get really good value, but to have zero follow-up from the outlaws on it. We, and, and we saw, we saw a Pelican more than we saw Pelicant, but even then it wasn't enough. And that to me shows you that San Francisco is looking at this particular stage playoff, I think differently than they have looked at the previous yeah, ones. That's, that's actually pretty close to what I was about to say there. Um, uh, it actually, some of Dante's play reminded me of mirror in the match against uh, Florida. Um, there were, there were times where mirror was hitting on three or four with the rampage and there was everyone at half health and just no follow-up they they would back up they would retreat yeah. around a corner and they'd be fine and it was it was a similar story yeah. with uh san francisco houston um when houston got that one map that they did i was pretty excited I, as you know i predicted houston to get the win in this match um and i thought that was the turnaround and then san francisco just came back yeah um we also got to see the widow snipe so the widow <laughs> snipe out of spawn works very very rarely we already saw happen yesterday we got to see it happen again today, except it didn't really go the way that uh, one would expect because the, uh, I think it was Pelican Deflect, um, deleted a kilo, I believe it was. Like it was, and the, the way it was baited out, like peak, 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 de- like the deflect, like it, it anyhow, it was beautiful on, on Hollywood. Um, but what that means is that the Toronto Defiant are taking on Houston. And as you've already been given permission uh, from uh, Jordan here to do, uh, Toronto Defiant fans, boo, Houston. Um, though the casters, uh, Uber and uh, Mr. X, were saying that there were quite a few uh, that's why, jerseys. That's uh, why I'm saying it. Get Throw those so, out. You're not allowed to bring those tomorrow. 
And then the, as we already know, Florida is going to be taking on London. But the one that we're going to be paying closest attention to is Toronto, Houston. I feel that Toronto tidying up a few of their mistakes, but bringing the performance that we saw against Washington has a real solid opportunity here against the Houston team. Houston is going to be good. I, I, I think it's safe to say that they've figured things out. They've sorted out those two losses. And if Toronto saw any of that match against San Francisco, they need to be confident and bring that, that, that swagger. Because if you can get Dante to commit a rampage, but then not to have the follow-up because the outlaws themselves are backing off, not being themselves aggressive, yeah, you win yeah, this. I think, but if Toronto plays passively, Houston's just yeah, going to eat them up. This is going to be a match of aggression, um, which we've seen from Houston before. Because I mean, that's kind of Dante's mo. Uh, you know, given given his DPS roots and everything, and switching to the Doomfist, uh, and and then obviously the Junker Queen in this season. Um, they they do in a lot of ways have pretty similar play styles, but I think honestly, if you look at their if you compare their DPS lines one to one against Toronto, I think Houston probably outmatches them. Um, but I'm hopeful that Toronto will be able to make something happen, uh, especially with with how good mm-hmm. we have seen them in this season. I think they're or in this stage. I think their peak has been higher than Houston's in this stage. Um, but I also think we haven't seen them look as clean as they did in some of the matches this stage. Yeah, I agree. So. Are you giving it I mean, to- I'm going Toronto all the way. It's it's going to be a 3-2. Right. right? I, 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 yeah, I was going to say, I'm going to go 3-2 yeah. Toronto. I'm not confident to think Toronto is going to win this 3-1 or 3-0. But I think 3-2, I think it really can. And this is where I would give the home home team advantage. If Toronto makes it to map five, the fans are going to be that X factor yeah. that, that Houston just does not have access to. And we've seen Houston in previous events in their mm-hmm. own barn or even in, in Dallas get that advantage. Toronto is going to. Well, I'm going to take this one home. Uh, Florida, London. Uh, ooh, Florida, London. I would I would have given this to London if it wasn't for the fact that Florida showed up and just outright embarrassed the Vancouver Titans. I'm with you. And, and I now kind of wonder. Like, I'm still going to go London because I think I have, I've been against London a lot. Um, you know, nothing against them truly it's just i usually predict against them i think i gotta go london this time around after how they performed against toronto the first time you know and and this is just to make it very clear if vancouver had lost to florida but it had been more competitive i would be easier in saying london wins this but because florida was just so dominant and and like van i I don't like i don't know if it was florida or vancouver right i mean it, it was difficult to say I'm going to, I'm going to go with Florida. I feel I have to, I mean, again, I am, I'm going to say it would be three, two. I don't think it's going to be dominant one way or the other. Actually, an interesting thing to note, I'm looking at the, the bracket right now. The only three, two we've had was that Washington Dallas game where Dallas reverse swept Washington. All other matches have been three or three, one. San Francisco's taking on Dallas up in the winner's bracket there. Um, Yep. I'm kind of feeling it for the shock, the way they're playing right now. Like they, they seem to be taking this stage playoff slightly. Yeah. You know, I don't want to say professionally as if, cause they haven't been professional in the past, but you know, like it's that it's the suit and tie approach. We're here. Uh, we're getting business done. 
not to say that Dallas isn't a good team, but you also have to consider Dallas. Yeah, they have the confidence we beat San Francisco for, but we've seen time and time again, you beat San Francisco and it's like they take that they so personal knowledge of that loss and they flip it. Yeah. And Krusty helps yeah. the team evolve. Um, it, it, this is why I feel like San Francisco goes through. Now it is conceivable that we then see them play in a final, if that were yeah. to be the case. I mean, arguably, I think that those two teams are going to meet up. I don't, <laughs> I know you've got the dream of the Toronto defiant here, but if the Toronto defiant were to be Houston and then have to play one of either Florida or London, I think they could conceivably yeah. win either one of those matchups. But then do you, do you see Toronto having to then be able to get through Dallas or San Fran and yeah, doing so? Um, Right, it, 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 it anything is possible, but it's it's a it'll be a heck of a run if they do that. And I mean, I, I want a Toronto Grand yeah, Final. Like course. I'm, I get that you have the spiciest pick, and Alex and I were anywhere near that. But yeah. oh no, I, it's 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 tough. The the path to who'd done it would have not been losing. I agree with game. everything you're saying. Uh, I think San Francisco. I could see them getting this match against Dallas, knocking Dallas into the losers bracket, and then Dallas making a play to back into the final. Um, yeah, I I'm. I think if Toronto can beat Houston tomorrow, uh, I think they can beat whoever they face after that. And that puts them in third place. If they, you know, that it's the, it's that bronze medal match that they are in. Um, and yeah. loser of that match takes third. I could see it going that way. I, I think I could see San Francisco getting this win. And then I could see Dallas coming back in the final. Um, I think the only other team we've really seen have that sort of ability to absorb and, and learn from their mistakes this this season has been the gladiators and they're obviously not in this picture. Mm -hmm. Also, I should mention my three, two oh. comment. There was a three, two in the Eastern bracket with soul and Philly, but I digress. Yeah. <laughs> well, on that note, let's talk a little bit about the Eastern bracket. So, uh, the San, uh, San Francisco, sorry, the Shanghai dragons, which is the San Francisco equivalent in the East. It seems, uh, they three overwatched the Guangzhou charge. And as you already pointed out, the soul, uh, dynasty, they three twoed uh, the Philadelphia mm -hmm. fusion, uh, what that leaves us with is a couple of matches to take place. The Philadelphia Fusion and the Guangzhou Charge are in a win-it-to-continue match, while the Seoul uh, Dynasty and Shanghai Dragons uh, also play to see who goes into the finals, and the other has to go and uh, win two mm -hmm. matches on uh, on Sunday to uh, to have themselves uh, end victorious. But uh, it was a pretty good episode. I mean, we're going to be back again tomorrow with some more behind-the-scenes action. Um, you obviously want to stay tuned and pay attention uh, to us on social at Race at Pwn, where uh, we try to go and you know share that type of information as we can. But uh, any uh, final thoughts that you wanted to share with the, the listeners? There, uh, only one thing, one thing comes to mind, and that is Boo Houston. I, if I if I were to had a title for this episode. Boo Houston, Boo Houston, Boo yeah. Houston. Yeah, that's, Boo that's one word. Houston. B o o h o u. Yeah, yeah. Boo Houston, Boo Hoo, Boo Hoo. Yeah, okay. Um, but no, I am not titling these episodes because they're all bonus episodes. Uh, the hope is, is Alex will be here tomorrow. There is a possibility I won't, but I know the two of you are actually smarter than me, so it's going to probably be a better More show. Too. Um, that's <laughs> totally correct. But now that we don't share video, it doesn't really matter. Um, and hopefully the three of us will be yes. together Sunday night. And then who knows what we'll talk about on our Tuesday uh, or Wednesday live show. Because we'll have recapped everything. But uh, I'm having fun. Yeah. I think you're having fun. And uh, as always, the premier uh, Canadian Overwatch League podcast will uh, be here 
with you the entire way. So on behalf of myself, Chris at Life Force, Jordan at Sir Dr. GM, Omni at Omni Strife, catch rays. Thank you.